Hey friends, welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. My name is Jared, and before we hop into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that you can find us on YouTube and anywhere that you can find podcasts. We're on both, so if you're sitting by your desktop, you wanna see our pretty faces, make sure you tune in YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff, and if you're in your car, you can of course tune in to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Give us a five-star review, guys. It's super helpful to us when we get feedback from you. Helps us with the YouTube algorithm, also helps us with the podcasting world algorithms as well. Um, and it just gets the word out to other wedding creatives that there's a great resource for them to be able to have a thriving wedding creative business. So make sure you're checking that out. Today, we have a fantastic episode. It's just Jay and I, but we talk about staying inspired through COVID-19, through a pandemic. Um, And despite having hardships, ways that you can stay inspired. It's actually a really great episode. I think it's one of the best episodes that Jay and I have recorded just one-on-one. So you're going to want to check out through the very end. It's good to the very end, if you can believe it. Make sure you check it out and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, Jared. So um, what's keeping you sane during the corona quarantine? What's keeping me sane? Um, man, you know, I think we're just doing a lot, of, um, a lot of walks, a lot of book reading, a lot of just things that usually you, I probably wouldn't have time to do. Um, we actually are carving out a little bit of time to, to make those happen. Uh, actually playing a lot of uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Mm. And, uh, have you been playing video games? I know you had kind of carved that out of your life. I feel like I have not had like any free time. I haven't done anything <laughs> relaxing. Yeah. Like this has been like the most, <clears throat> it's so much harder to manage people remotely. Oh my God, yeah. And so that's been a challenge and a new kind of experience. Yep. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, cooking, I'm cooking every night. I have a two-year-old. So, you know, I was talking with Jonathan Snyder, and he was like, man, two-year-old, no daycare. It's like I'm working, but I'm not working. I was talking actually with Alex Douglas as well, and he's like, same thing. Because all of us are like, oh, I'm working, but I'm not working. Like, yeah, I feel like I can't get anything done. So yeah. I think like for me, figuring out how the heck to like, I don't know how people do the work from home thing. Yeah. Hats well, off to you if you do that. I, I think that's probably a majority of the people that listen are, are working from home. And yeah, I don't know how they know, do it, though. I, I know a ton of people that are like, I can have an office from home and I do have an office from home, but I also spend $500 to just get away from my family for like at least six hours a day you're creatively inspired in a more creative environment yep right your house is a different environment for me it's a relaxing environment and so i like to be in an environment that inspires me or makes me focus on one thing and so you know honestly one of the things we want to talk about today was pretty much that which is like staying inspired right in the middle of um, I, I guess anytime that's kind of uninspiring, right? Which I think a lot of us coronavirus or not, we experience like periods of like dry seasons. You ever felt like you're just like creatively just spent? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the creatively, it's usually you don't have I'm, any good ideas. <laughs> gen- yeah, totally, totally. I, I find that um, probably to be more the case as like a um, as like a manager. 
as a person that's just like, when you're always solving problems, right? Which actually, I, I think a lot of creative creativity is really just solving problems, right? Um, making something actually work. That's probably when I'm like most drained. People come to me and be like, what do you want to do about this certain situation, this social situation with a client? And I'm just like, I literally, I, I'm out, man. I just need to come back at this tomorrow with like a fresh head and, and you know, have a good meal, have a good sleep, and then come back at this later on. Well, I think the topic is relevant, obviously, because of um, most people's current living conditions. Yeah. But I think it's also relevant just because I think this is just where people are at every year. You know, we talk about burnout, right? Every year, yeah. um, for those of us that live in cold weather seasons, by the time September, October hits, we're like, we're beat, we're tired. You know, whatever it is in your particular context, I think the idea of like getting burnt out, feeling uncreative, feeling uninspired, um, I think all of us have to deal with it and have to struggle with it. And so I've been trying to think of like, what are some ways that I can maintain inspiration and stay inspired in the middle of uninspiring times, in the middle of an environment that's very uninspiring, two-year-old running in, working in a very, I'm a person of habit and pattern. Like I like my space to be a certain way, like just setting up this podcast. I don't know where my stuff is. <laughs> like I want to be in a place where I know what I'm, I go and I grab the thing and it works and it, I know exactly how much time it takes to do it. <clears throat> and, and so on one hand, I find that very disruptive, but on another hand, I find it kind of inspiring. And I was thinking about that. I was like, what does it mean to be inspired and be creative? Is it just like what I create or is it how you think? I think just how do we maintain inspiration in the middle of these crazy times is really, I think, hopefully some people are tapping into that. I think we kind of are. And, and so I kind of wanted to talk about that today is like, what are we doing in the middle of this? How is this causing us to be creative? And then how can we use these lessons um, in, in a later date? Because, you know, we're not always going to be in quarantine and hopefully we can stay inspired and keep problem solving. So, yeah, I, I think, um, probably the thing or one of the things that's keeping me inspired, um, right now and like, and, and I think you're right. Just thinking about like inspiration, inspiration is like jet fuel, right? Like when you're inspired, it's like, doesn't matter. Like typically I'm type, I'm the type of person that's going to be like, I need to just be doing this one very specific thing. And if someone interrupts it, I'm angry with them because I'm such like a one track mind type of person, like probably more than <laughs> you probably make fun of me because I'm like that. And my wife certainly does. Um, but when I'm doing one very specific thing, if it's editing, if it's shooting, if it's like something that I'm just concentrating on, if someone breaks that pattern, I'm like, it's hard for me to get back into that kind of stream of consciousness of just like, I need to be left alone for hours to be able to accomplish something kind of big. Um, and, and so, um, being inspired, I, I think it's been hard, but the thing that's, um, been easy is, is there are a couple things lately that, that have been super inspiring to me. And I'm like, doesn't matter what's going on. Like I, cause I can focus back on that one very specific thing. Well, yeah, the, the like, problem it's, it's is forcing you, you to be creative, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's forcing yeah. you. And I think like that was one of the, if I was like to give someone a tip, you know, which no one asked me, yeah. but if I was giving someone a tip on how to be inspired, it's like, look for problems that you want to solve. 
mm-hmm. and then try to solve them. Yeah. And it'll force you to think of creative solutions. And that could be like financially, um, it could be the product you're creating. I mean, this is more of an entrepreneur thing. It's not just like, am I making good images? But mm-hmm. like, are you a planner? You need inspiration. Are you running a venue? You need inspiration. Of course, if you're creating images, you need inspiration. But like figuring out where the problems are coming from and then figuring out how to make them go away almost. Or yeah. where's the opportunity coming from? How do I claim it? Like, I think those are the real things. Problems and opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's like, what problem do I need to solve and what opportunity do I have to claim? And then how can I do it? And I think by nature, if you accomp- if you approach your business in those two ways, you will have to be creative and probably you will be creative. Yeah. I think right now things can go one of two ways. I think if you're creative and I've spoken to people kind of on both sides and then I feel like myself, I've been one of these two people at some point in the last month, month and a half. Like, you know, the the coronavirus can either take you a direction where you're just like super depressed, right? And you're just like, screw this. Like, I'm not going to shoot weddings for the next six months. I'm not I'm probably not going to shoot a wedding until May of 2021. And you kind of, it's really easy to go down that path of being super uninspired, not seeing any kind of reward, just being like, this is just going to beat me up and I can do literally nothing about it. And when you feel like you can't do anything about something, like that just drains every part of your body. Like it drains yeah, everything out of seriously. you. Seriously. Yeah. Creatively and, and, is, is based on hope, right? Yeah. And then the other, the other direction, um, you know, and this is like, I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm always like scheming about like, you know, I'm, I'm my head is always in the future. It's not like what we're going through now. Um, like my wife is very much like now, never in the future. Um, but I'm always like, well, you know, this is problem solving. And, and for me, I'm the type of person that's just like, I want to work really hard and I want to be rewarded really hard. So it's like, I'm finding ways that is like, how can I reward myself through this? What are some ways that I can actually get through this? And that's the thing that really focuses me. Cause I'm like, how can I be the person that shoots out of this situation positively? Like, cause I know a lot of people are going to go that other direction evaluating what the opportunities are is really what, where it starts. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and like, so I would say this, like maintaining inspiration in the middle of times that are very uninspiring is a matter of perspective because I don't think that's, that's really, there's no really such thing as a time that's uninspiring. Like there's, there's just rigid thinking that keeps you stuck in a perspective, but a big shift in your um, paradigm really actually is the genesis of inspiration. In my opinion, like when you are forced to do something uncomfortable, the only way to get through it is creativity. Like you think Mm -hmm. about survival, right? And, And this is how I think of creativity at the beginning of all creativity is the concept of necessity of like, I need to do this or I won't survive. Yeah. It's like, and that's like, you know, cavemen making tools and, people inventing all kinds of solutions for all kinds of things is like came from people who viewed it as necessary. And so I think when you look at a challenge like this, like how can you view, how can you create necessity in your business? So for us, we looked at it and we said like, okay, if we don't, first of all, we had these contracts that were due in these months and we, and we had to come up with a solution for that, which would, 
not only serve our clients and make them feel taken care of, but also let us take care of our employees and take care of ourselves and our families. And so we had a creative solution for the couples, which was, all right, you know, you can reschedule these dates because this doesn't hurt us too much. We're going to give you these dates with no rescheduling fee because we can and we can afford it. We have to charge a rescheduling fee for these dates. And like having, we had to get creative there, right? Out of necessity yeah. to survive. And then we started looking and because we kept looking at the problem and we said, all right, well, how can we provide, how do we grow from this? Cause I'm always looking for, I'm not going to settle for just surviving. And I don't think you should either. If you're listening to this, like you should figure out how to turn any opportunity into an opportunity and don't just make it by, by the skin of your teeth. So we said, okay, what are the needs going to be that come from this crisis? So if you're, if you're looking and you're, how do I be creative looking for what are the needs that are going to exist in this situation from whether it be a creative um, solution that you have um, for like a problem a client might have, like, oh, I want light and airy. That's a problem. I want light and airy photo photography. How do I meet this solution? For us, we were like, there's going to be a lot of weddings where the people are going to reschedule. Their creative won't be able to reschedule with them because they're booked already. And then the client's going to be going, oh, shoot, I lost my deposit, so my budget's cut. So they're not going to have as much money to spend on the creative. And so we were like, well, is there something we can make for these people to help our planners out? And, to, and like, who knows? Maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe we're just helping people out. We're not sure. But I think, like, this creativity for our business has come out of looking at the problem and then looking at where are the opportunities in the problem, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and you know, a lot of times, it, like I've been watching a lot of really old films and I've mentioned it on the podcast. Alex Douglas uh, has inspired me since Vision Quest last year talking about all these old 70s movies. And I'm like, you know what? I need to go back and watch a lot of these movies. And a lot of people take inspiration from Kubrick. They take inspiration from all those old film directors. And, yeah. you know, but you think about Kubrick and Kubrick wasn't doing things for the sake of creativity. He was doing things for the sake of a need and solving a problem, right? That was when filmmaking was like super hard to actually do. So the reason why he did certain things was really in a lot of cases to hide certain things or maybe come at a certain problem uh, or maybe he was able to solve a problem that past filmmakers weren't actually able to solve, right? So whether it's shooting, whether it's scripting, you know, um, getting people to interact a certain way, creativity is often inspired by circumstance. So it's like, yep. you know, I, I think seeing it yourself as a problem solver is probably the first step. Like, you know, there's a lot of artists out there, I think, that are just like, oh, I want to be a great filmmaker. I'm going to do lens flare. Uh, you know, it's just like, that's not really creativity. That's just uh, a, a paint piece of, you know, it's a, it's a paintbrush in, in your, yeah, it's like, you know, who set. has the best color. Yeah. Like literally yeah. who has the best color on their palette. It's like, Oh, I, yeah. this is red. Don't you like red? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you're not sure it's good. You should have red. You should know how to use red, but you're, you're not going to be Da Vinci. Yeah. Well, you're not it, innovating it, by knowing about the color red. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, Da Vinci is a, a great example too. The guy was just a problem solver all the time. And so he was able to take the work that he did with, you know, 
developing like flying machines and then directly apply it to the work that he did, you know, in his paintings and his work. It's just like finding ways to solve problems and creatively solving problems. I, I think it definitely works with like the way that we're approaching our new kind of higher end Huxley films, Jay, because you and I are just like, I wouldn't say, I look at Alex, I look at Ray, I look at Henry and I'm just like, they are so creative and, and talented in the way that they edit, in the way that they do all these things. And then I think, I, I can't really get there. The way that they think about things and they're just like, Alex is like, and, and Whitney, Whitney actually is like an art major. So she has all this depth of knowledge when, from the art world and they take that and they put it in their films. I, I just don't have that. And I do have a lot of appreciation for a lot of um, historically um, uh, prevalent artists that are. I mean, we're the, not I, like I, real filmmakers, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean. Like we well, haven't made feature films. We haven't done yeah, that yes. stuff. We don't. Yes. But I think we've been able to take our understanding of problem solving into our filmmaking with Huxley. And that's why I like doing Huxley films so much is just like here are these problems, you know, throughout the day. Uh Typically, when we work with a bride and groom, we're working with a photographer. And the photographer wants all the time to shoot his photos. And we typically have to shoot over the shoulder, and then maybe we get the scraps. How can we solve that problem? Well, okay, we're going to take and them even in a separate with, room. With, even with that, right? The yeah. guy might go, oh, I have this look I like. That's not our look. Yeah. Even yeah. if he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I just want to take them into this dumb alleyway. And we're like, I hate yep. this alleyway. I don't want to shoot in this alleyway. It doesn't yeah. mean I care. I'm not bothered by his photos, but it's no offense to that individual, but it yeah. isn't and what we're looking to do. You have two artists trying to solve different problems. So it's like, yes. how do we actually get what we want that we think actually solves the problem of getting good footage and telling the story the way that we think it deserves to be solved? It's just, hey, the photographer's going to shoot. Like the last wedding that we shot, we didn't even work with the photographer. We just, no. hey, you know, uh, at this time, we're going to want to shoot with you guys. You know, we, we don't care what you guys want to do with them. He's going to put you in crappy lighting and you slash. We're not able to use that. Um, so and, and so that's kind of, I don't know, what, what I've been learning about inspiration and, and just trying to find ways to become inspired um, is just basic problem solve. Looking at the end goal as opposed to just looking what's like on your screen in the moment. It's like, you know, what, what, where are we trying to go? What are we trying to get to? And, and, you know, I think it applies to businesses. It's funny. Cause like, I see a lot of like, like this is a time, right. For us creatives to really shine and show our creativity is like through a hardship like this. How are you going to be creative? Not only with the art that you create, but also how are you going to be creative with surviving through this hard time? I think it's a good yeah. challenge for every person. Well, and it's not, listening. it's not good enough to only be good at creating one thing. And I think like oh, every totally. artist needs to, every artist needs to get to that place in their creativity where they expand their definition of what it means for them to be creative. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, as a family person, as a friend, and of course, as a, you know, whatever your craft is. Right. And like, I love, I like food a lot. And when I look for inspiration, one of the things I look at is food. And I think we can apply a lot of these tactics techniques to our own inspiration like when you see a really innovative chef usually they're taking something super familiar right like an ingredient you or your wife might use every day 
it's not a new ingredient. And they're not looking to add new ingredients. What they're looking to do is how do I use this ingredient in a different way, in a way that other people haven't thought of, in a way that will amaze people and inspire people and impress people. And, and that's, that's actually part of the experience for you is like you go and you're like, oh, this is peas. I don't like peas. I don't want peas. And then this person's like, yeah, you do. Check this out. I, you know, one of my favorite things is when somebody, um, when someone dry ages eggs and they age these eggs and they, they, they make like, basically it's like cheese. You like grind it onto like salads and it's like, that's an egg. <laughs> it's just an egg. Yeah. I like eggs. They're good. But why am I impressed by this? Because I'm used to it and I'm seeing it in a different way. And like chefs do that all the time, right? To the point where it's pretentious and irritating. You're like, dude, you need, <laughs> just give me this steak. I don't. The, what what was that always... dish that you had? Didn't you eat like concrete ice cream concrete, somewhere? Yeah. I, I went to a restaurant <laughs> and the guy gave me concrete. And I, at the end, it was gelatinized <laughs> concrete. It was a cube. And I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's concrete. It was this huge tasting menu. It was like a 12-course tasting menu. Yeah. Finish it off with a piece of concrete. Last <laughs> thing I literally ate at this restaurant. And the, I'm like, concrete? Why? He's Did you like, go behind the scenes and just punch the chef right in the nose? <laughs> no. The guy, the guy goes, he's like, you can eat it. I was like, I'm not questioning whether it's going to kill me. I'm saying just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. I yeah. So like, I don't mean being creative like that, like saying like nobody's ever shot a camera with the, no one's ever shot a wedding with the wet, the camera just hanging off their neck on the strap. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No one's ever done that. Cause it's a stupid idea. We're not yeah. talking about that. I think just figuring out like, what is something you can do that does offer a unique perspective that solves a problem and allowing the problem to be the inspiration to the solution, instead of viewing challenging situations as these negative, terrible things, allow them to be your muse, as mm -hmm. they say. And it's like, okay, how do we do that? How do we do that? And I think you referenced it in there. And I think this is like the point where I would want to like drive home. It's like, how do people know what they really want to be, do, where do they want to go? Like, how do, how do people get to that? Because I think at the core of it all is always like knowing what you want. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're asking me, actually. I'm making a reference, um, you know. I mean, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Converse, <laughs> conversing about it. Ah, uh, man, that's such. It, I think it's a hard question because it it is so it is broad. But I think when it comes to, and but am I right? Like that's the basis very, of creativity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is where are we going? Like I I reference like. Well, we know what we're trying to do with a film, but how do we know what we're trying to get to as far as like, you know, a film? Um, and, and I think when it comes to filmmaking and I think when it comes to photography as well, um, at the end of the day, it's all about people and telling people's story. People like when I was in, in film school, um, the director of the program would always say reference and say, people care about people. People care about people. That is as an artist Think about the best images. I, I, you know, immediately I think of Ben Chaish, I think of Jose Villa, and, and the images that always come to mind um, are 
people laughing and being the most themselves that they can be in those images. It's just pure joy. And people looking at those images care about those people. And, and even if it's just in the smallest kind of way. Um, so I think as artists in this artist, we can talk about that too. Um, but creatives kind of in this space, um, I think that's what we should be striving for because that's what we're trying to um, express is, is well, ultimately, um, people's exuberance. Exactly right? what you're saying, right? Um, Natalie Denice from in good, in, in good Company PR. She always, mm -hmm. I never referred it as this, but I, I, I think it's the right term and I, I use it now, which is like calling the weddings industry the celebrations industry. Yeah, I love that. Oh man, I love and, that. And and really like we're in a celebrations industry. So I've expanded my debt. Okay, any party, anything. We're in a party industry. If there's yep. anything coronavirus will tell you is like all that matters. This is just a party. We're just talking about parties. We can't have parties and that's why we can't have weddings. To the point where it's like technically they could still get married and no one wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want to have a party. That's what that's what we're serving. And so like, okay, where am I trying to get? trying to get to a place when, when, if you're a photographer, where when people look at my images, they think about, you know, good feelings, a party, romance, love, whatever you think you best communicate with your images. And maybe certain people's values are different and the way that they like to think about weddings is different. But I think in general, right? Like you're really just talking about like creating a sense of celebrations in your images. And so like, and this is just my opinion. This might not be yours, but I'm, I'm trying to give someone a, a place to start. Where am mm -hmm. I trying to get? Well, okay. I'm trying to make my images communicate a party and communicate a celebration. Does that mean like a party? Like, I don't know, some like crunk, like high school celebration or like this wild Miami thing. No, not necessarily like, you know, I think that's where personal taste and preference comes from. But like, you got to give yourself, my point is only this, you have to start somewhere with who you are and what you do well. And I think knowing yourself is the key to being able to tackle problems very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like when we were looking at all of our stuff, right? And we were like, hey, what can we make? How do we expand our business? Well, we need different streams of revenue. We need different client bases. We need different products. It really started with, could I make this? Yep. Like, oh, and then we're like, I don't know. I don't know if we're good enough. How do we, the first thing we did is try to figure out if we were good enough to create a product that would compete in that luxury market, yeah. you know? And, and I think we also said that, this is something that I actually wanted to watch. Yeah, it would and be I was fun. interested in because I was we were like, you know, you watch a wedding film and you feel like you see someone, but I rarely ever feel like I actually know that person and and hear their heart and uh and and you know, hear their story, right? A lot of times it's the same exact story because it's the same exact film. It's, it's they a got party. ready, they got it's married, a and it's a party. party story. Yeah. So how can we tell a story that's a little bit different that really makes you feel like you get to know this couple and care about this couple and get drawn into their story? Um, and at the end of the day, it's mainly for the couple, right? So it's like I want them to listen to that and watch that, and I want their family to listen to that and watch that and just 
have such deep connection and feelings for well them. And I was more concerned with how do I create these images? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will they hold up? Mm -hmm. Is it, do I need to be shooting some epic wedding that, you know, you're, um, I don't know, a four day wedding in Asia to create an image that is actually high end looking. Mm -hmm. And I, cause if I felt like if that was the case, it's not something we would be able to get going anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And so what really, what is the common denominator with beautiful images? Is it, you know, obviously it's the shooters, it's the pre-production, it's the people, it's the party, but can we do it without all of those things being totally aligned? And I felt like we got to try. Yeah. We got to see if what it, what does it take to make a quote unquote luxury wedding? You know, and that, and that was a thing where that was our problem, right? Our problem was, okay, we've made Stop Go Love for 10 years and we know exactly how to make it and it's uninspiring. Because it's, I don't want to say it's a perfect product, you know, because everything can get better and we're always looking to improve, but it's incredibly marketable and people love it. We don't need to really change it in order to continue to make money or continue to create art. Yeah. And so, and, and you might not even want to change it because it just works and it, you don't get much out of changing it. But we know as artists, we want to keep growing and being inspired and so yeah. we're like, what's the next thing we can work on? Yeah. If we changed it, it would really just be about us, right? It would be about like, I'm bored with it. Therefore, we should change it because I'm bored with it and I want to do something else. So as opposed to changing something that works that might, you know, ruin the special chemistry that you, you have um, or, or narrow the field of or the demographic that you're trying to market to. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just create something new. Let's make something yes. completely different. Keep this, and then launch something completely different. See if we can do it. Let's let's mm -hmm. let's turn ourselves into students again, and see if we can do this. Yeah, and that fun. was the problem. That was the problem that inspired it. Was this is a boring product to me, like mm -hmm. to the point where it's like I don't even need to make it. Yeah, other people make it or can make it. We still make it. We still shoot them, but we wouldn't have to. Yep. And it's like okay, that's a problem. I mm -hmm. want to be a maker. I want to keep creating things. I want to get involved in that and not be sitting there going stagnant. I don't think I can be a good creative leader if I'm not innovating mm -hmm. in yeah. my company. I need to know what is going on. I need to be at the bleeding edge. And so that was us. If you're listening, that was just our journey of like, how did we find a way to be creative? Because I, I consider like last, having a successful company is kind of a prison. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's completely. Like, cause, cause every time we talk about doing anything interesting, we're always like, why, what's the point? Or yeah. what if it, what if people don't like it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And that was our problem, which is a weird problem to have. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Cause it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, um, I, I think like anything you can re probably relate it to the music industry. It's like, you know, the, the, um, music label likes your last album and they're like, just do that times two. And the artist is like, well, I already made that. Like, I don't want to do that again. And then, you know, they make the same album another time and it's not as good. And, you know, it's just kind of like whatever. And, um, 
I don't know, the artist isn't fulfilled through all of that, I think, because well, yeah. it's it's not solving those problems. Again, it's it's being creative is all about just solving problems, like and, yeah, and accomplishing be, goals. You gotta be moving the needle somewhere. You can't just yeah. be and I think like so I guess my question to you is what have you been learning in the middle of all this about your own what inspires you? It, what what additional things have you been learning? And it doesn't have to just be coronavirus. It could just be over the last like year or so. What have you been learned about how to stay inspired personally? Uh, I, well, okay. So yeah, I think first and foremost, it's finding new challenges, finding things that um, will keep you sharp. Um, you know, we always talk about a lot of um, videographers, no matter what kind of creative you are, if you're plateauing and if you are um, super complacent and you're like, I already know how to do that. I already know how to make wedding films. I already know how to do this, this, and this. It's like, you're not inspired. You're not in a stage of inspiration. Um, the thing that, but a lot of people get comfortable there because they're just mm -hmm. like, A, they are in their, you know, they have their safety blanket on um, and they don't have to. And, and also a lot of people are very prideful too. And yeah, they think they've, they've like perfected something. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. that could be like, better. I, I, um, I would say, a lot of people probably think you and I are pretty, um, pretty um, prideful. <laughs> but it, when it comes to our business, I feel like I'm very confident, but I don't feel like I have everything figured out. But I feel like it's my duty to share with people the things that we've learned to, because I, I actually care about the health of our company, which I think is fueled by the health of our industry in general. So it's like, if I can help people through this and share, hey, we've done this very, very successful business thing, you should try it too. Um, that's kind of where you know I, I think my responsibility is to the community in general. Um, but yeah, I, I think just to answer your question, just finding things that you suck at, bro. Like, I was about to say the same thing. Is like, for me, that's been a weirdly surprising, even though it doesn't surprise me because. Uh, there's this, there's a uh, thing out there, which is called the Dunning Kruger effect. Oh yeah, you and mentioned this before. Yeah, it's so it, it's huge, and I think it's like there's like it's a psychological trick that keeps us inspired, which is like, yeah. you know, you start out terrible and in blissful ignorance, right? That you're awesome at something. And I think that's the feeling a lot of people would call um, inspiration, right? Which is like totally your confidence peaks early on in a project before you've actually gotten good. And they call it like the peak. And then there's the, like this valley of despair and then a slope of enlightenment. So you have this quick peak, right? And I think that's the feeling a lot of people describe as inspiration, but you only get that by starting things you suck at. Mm -hmm. You get that peak of inspiration by starting something and actually just getting a little bit of success and getting, making a little progress and getting a little traction. And I think like finding something that you're terrible at, that you've always wanted to do, will be super inspiring because you will, the second you get like a modicum of success, like you feel totally validated and yeah and and so like inspiration usually what most people mean is excitement about what i'm making mm -hmm. right and so when i say inspiration i say 
how do I know what I should and could make? Right? Mm -hmm. How do I get inspired what I should and I could make? And that's usually informed by our experiences, but like this idea of like, oh, what do I suck at? That's a great way to know what you should and could make, because if you can get better at it, it reasons to see that there's going to be more opportunities and more fulfillment, right? Yeah. I, I always see people say like, well, that's good for you to be able to do that. And, and like specifically when it comes to running a business, like you guys can do that. I'm not built that way. And it, there's something about that that always really irks me because I'm like, so dude, if you had, well, it's just like people don't realize the potential. I was talking to my wife about it. Like people don't realize because I was like, you know, we're talking about businesses and people that start their own businesses, right? And and I was like, you know, at the end of the day, um, anyone can start their own business. Anyone who says they can't start their own business they're not giving themselves enough credit. Like, no, and they it, haven't it's, it's, tried, probably. They haven't tried and just like – but that's the reason why people um, – I guess the reason why people don't try hard things is because they're freaking hard, especially at first. There's that, there's that curve of like when you're first learning something, um, you learn quickly, kind of that Dunning-Kruger effect that you mentioned. You learn a lot And you quickly, think you're the best, by but the it's, way. That's, but that's it, the real thing. The, you, you have to spend a lot of time – learning that and going up that curve, but you, because you're willing to toil with that and like go against the grain of just like, ah, I don't understand this. I don't understand this because you're fighting that. That's the reason why you launch and you learn so much so quickly. And then, like you said, you kind of hit that peak. Um, but it's like that first learning set I think it's, I watched a Ted talk and they're talking about learning new talents. Um, and they said, you can learn anything in 20 hours. You can learn 80% of probably anything in 20 hours. Oh, if you were willing I to promise, invest 20 hours in guitar playing and anything, you could play a song. If you you're know? a photographer and you're listening to this, you can learn to make very good films in two days. Yes. You yep. can learn to be great, and there's a million situations you will suck at still because I can tell you left and right what you should be doing until you have to do it, you won't be able to. But like, you can learn to make decent stuff. But it really comes down to, you know, just doing it, right? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, they don't look for inspiration, right? They just look for reasons why, most people are just freaking lazy. This is my opinion. Most people <laughs> are lazy and they don't want to work hard. And they're, and they're totally comfortable, like they, instead of going, I am the reason I'm not successful, I'm the reason I'm not doing well. I'm the reason I'm not prepared for coronavirus with my business. I'm the reason why I can't like, it's freaking all your fault, bro or lady or whoever's listening. It's all your fault. And you could say that I would rat, like, I would think it'd be better for you if you would just assume that that's true, even if it's not true and try to change it, than just trying to figure out if saying it's not, no, it isn't my fault because this and this and this. And, like we're proof positive that you don't need to have all your crap together and that if you're willing to look at even a problem in your personality or in your skill set, that's going to be the beginning of how your business should look and where are the opportunities. And it's like, if you're terrible at sales, get good systems, you know, it'll help you. If you're disorganized, get good systems, right? Look at the thing you suck at. And if you're sitting right now, and at your home and you're in the middle of coronavirus um, quarantine and you're like, oh, well, I can't shoot photos. I can't, I can't host events. 
I can't be innovative. I can't be creative because I create photos. I create mm-hmm. videos and I'm not able to make those right now. So I can't be creative. It's like, you don't know. Like, I see a weakness right there. The weakness is you have limiting thinking and you don't understand what it takes to run a business. You should go take a business class. Because, read a like, book. Read a book about something you're terrible way of thinking about your own business is hurting you somewhere i promise you and it's like mm. we we're proof positive of that because we have a lot of flaws that would make us unsuited for running a successful business but we've been able to use those things as strengths whether it be working together me and you and like we don't always agree but i don't think we have this terrible relationship we don't have all this conflict all the time we you we can we'll approach a problem totally differently but we both know where we're headed with it. So we've had people that get complimentary people around you or just like build your business around what you suck at or what you're and what you're good at and look for those areas that you suck at. Those are opportunities to innovate and be creative. Yeah. So what kind of, um, you know, we're talking about how to find inspiration, all these kind of things. What are, what are some actual things that you are being inspired by through this time when it comes to our business? Because I, I, I certainly have a couple that I think are, are Yeah, I mean, I relevant. think for me, um, you know, I love editing. That's my first love. And and just um, that's a good thing I'm being inspired by right now, which is learning some new techniques, working on some new styles of editing and being inspired by how hard it is for me right now and feeling like, cause I'm going back to Final Cut Pro and like every time I f- go back and forth, I'm like, oh, this is why I suck. Because like Final Cut Pro, I'm so good in it. And it's so fast and it's like an extension of my body. But every time I get into Resolve, everything is so hard for me. It's like I'm grinding, grinding, grinding. And I'm like, Probably the first two months of doing it, and if you listen to the podcast, you know I've been complaining about this for a while. The first couple months of using Resolve, I couldn't see anything inspiring about it. And I was like, I know I have to just push through this and learn it. And I will come up with ways of using this tool in ways that I couldn't use the other tool. And I've, I've been finding that to be true. As I'm learning this tool, it's creating new pathways in my brain on how to come up, like even just, hey, next time we shoot, Jared, I need you guys to do this Mm -hmm. because this is how this tool works and it will make it easier and better and we'll get a better result. And I think like that's what is inspiring me now is learning something new and hard and having to like rewire my brain and remake my brain. And then I think the other thing that's inspiring me is just the business challenges of like, having to be a future teller, you know, and like having to look and go, where's this industry going to be next year? Yeah. Is there going to be, yeah, there will be, I think there will be, but like I was talking to Natalie tonight. She's saying, Oh, I'm talking to all my planner friends. And you know, there was this article by 42 North and the New York times last week about, um, small home events. That's the tactics that's upstream of us as creatives. Planners are upstream. Venues are upstream. We get whatever comes downstream from them, and that's what they're talking about. Yeah, I love that. How does that, that inspire um, me? I I love when you said that because I, I think it just 
goes to our point in this whole podcast, um, talking about, you know, they planners are faced with this problem, right? How many people can you have an event at an event in Rhode Island right now? It's five. How many people can you have in Massachusetts? Ten. You know, I think sometime in the future they're going to open that up to twenty, to fifty, to hundred. You know, who knows? Like in the future, yeah. what's going to happen? But here's these planners doing exactly what we're talking about, where they're opening it up to, you know, hey, instead of you know, it's turning lemons into lemonade. Uh, you know, Jordan Budge talks about it a ton. But you know, okay, they're going to be smaller events. Honestly, when you think about it, planners don't care about three hundred person weddings. They want smaller into if they yeah sure but so I'm getting a percentage know, of wedding spend so if you but what if instead of spending three hundred thousand dollars on a three hundred person wedding you spend three hundred thousand dollars on a one hundred person wedding what can sure. you do in that case you you open up like instead of having like a hundred dollar per plate you have five hundred six hundred a thousand dollar per plate wedding reception what can you do with that that opens up a whole nother level of creativity of just giving people a great experience which is just like that's what we're talking about right is like you're you're faced with this problem that maybe you weren't able to talk to your client about in the past you'd be like hey instead of doing your wedding with 150 people at this wedding factory in the middle of you know massachusetts what if we went on top of a mountain just the three of us and you got your officiant and then, you know, who cares about your parents being able to see it, you know, whatever. You're not close Stuff to Stuff we anyways. actually wish we could say to people, but St- couldn't. Exactly. Stuff that we wish we could actually do. Now you have a freaking excuse to go out there and pitch some cool-ish <laughs> to people. Yeah, you can, you, um, everybody, like, most of the time the problem is your limited thinking. And I yep. think that that shouldn't depress anyone. That should inspire you to go like, okay, I, I can figure this out yeah. if I change my perspective, if I get a different yep. angle on the problem, right? And so the first angle was we can't have 300 people events. What are we going to do? 200 people events. What are we going to do? Well, the first thing that is a variable there is the amount of people at an event, right? Hmm. That's the decision of this couple. It has nothing to do with like me as a wedding filmmaker i don't care how many people are at your event it doesn't affect me it doesn't affect what i make at all i think the reality for a lot of couples too is they don't care how many people are at their wedding either no they wish they could have 50 people and they'd have to have all these people they're like reasons well i'm like when i had my wedding my wife was like i have a hundred family members that i want or not that i want hundred family weddings family members that i need to have at our wedding and i was like you do (sighs) Need to, it's not want to. So now it's like this whole situation is giving them the excuse that they wanted in the very beginning. Um, You know, (laughs) not every single person. And and this is another thing that I was going to say too, is, you know, if you're a wedding professional, if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer and you have 10 weddings a year, um, you know, you're a lot different than the business that we run where we're running 130 weddings a year. Um, You have that much more flexibility to go out there and make these things happen. And it's not going to work for everybody, but I sure as heck can't go out there to 130 people and say, hey, your wedding this year, 130 people are not going to be like down for elopements. Like, you know, I'm going to have a much smaller percentage of people that, you know, are, are going to be down for that. Um, but if you do less weddings, 
you have the opportunity and more than likely you have a more curated client than I do. I just have a much wider audience. Um, it's a way different, you know, people, um, that are coming through our doors. You probably have a more curated type of person that might be open to a very specific thing that they saw from you that they would be down to do. So what are those things? Explore those things. Like what do you really want to do? Does it fit in with doing smaller events, doing some kind of like real film where you don't actually have to be at a wedding day of, and they're exchanging vows. Can you do a real cool wedding video or a really cool elopement photo session? Like what can you do? So what's, I think that's what's a good funny point to make. Is we 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 talked about initially the first thing we talked about is being inspired to have better contracts. Yeah. Right? Being inspired on ways we can collect money from couples, not get have the refund money, but also still yeah. serve our couples and provide a service to them. You know, we talked about being inspired about the type of products we can make that will solve a market problem, which is there's going to be people who need a product that maybe is a little bit lower cost and they're not willing to have a product that's worse quality. Who knows? We talked about solving a problem of our own boredom, right? Which is I'm bored of this thing that I feel like I've got down and I've nailed it and I'm bored of it. And I want to make something different and unique and new. And so we have Huxley film and we're working on that. You know, even like I'm looking at Huxley film and I'm like, Oh crap, all our Huxley weddings for the whole year got rescheduled. Yep. We have nothing to make now for this new line we're trying to launch. How do I still work on this and create something representative of the product? And we've talked about that problem Mm -hmm. Trying to innovate there. Okay. Well, we might be able to go to some of our couples and give them a better experience than they even paid for. That's a win. And it's like, there's a lot of things where we're looking at this challenge and we're kind of just rolling with the punches, man. And I think, Every one of those situations might not relate to you directly, but I think all of them relate to everybody in the way that we all have those types of things where the solution is like right in front of you, but because your thinking is limiting, I always say you're a can't do person. Everything Mm -hmm. that comes your way, it's like a defeat to you. It's like... You don't want to do anything hard. You want everything to just work, and you think that's inspiration. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm inspired to do it, which really to means I want to do it. I mm-hmm. feel like doing this thing. That is easy for me. I'm inspired to paint the paintings that I know exactly how to paint. I'm inspired yep. to make the films that I know exactly how to make. That's not inspiration. That's just muscle memory. Yeah. Real inspiration uh, I, is like doing something hard. I, you, you, uh, And I think it's one of the reasons why you and I get along really well and we're great business partners is – we're both can do people is like, you know, you came up to me last week and you had this crazy idea. And I was like, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I've uh, expanded but, this idea, by the way, in my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned it and I was like, that sounds awful. But how can we make, because I, I, I know where your brain is going. I know what you're getting at. And I'm like, how can we make this less awful? Yes. Is it really as awful as I think it's going to be? And, you know, we're, we're just riffing. We're riffing. And I think through a 15-minute phone conversation, you and I were like, yeah, we can make this work. <laughs> yeah. We can make a lot of money off of doing this. Somebody would want to buy this. It would meet yes. somebody's need. I'm not going to expose myself to risk. But, like, yeah. that's fun for me. It's not about do I like this thing that I made. Yeah. That's yeah. not what's fun to me. Yeah. That's, that's a, that is fun to me. But that's not the only thing that's fun to me. 
It's not yeah. only fun to make a good wedding film. It's not only fun to make a good image. It's also fun to solve a problem. It's fun to yep. make money. It's fun to employ people. It's fun to be innovative and unique. Yep. And and it, I even like to be a disruptor. I like to do things just to piss other people off. <laughs> like, I just hear the Enneagram like... We've been, our wives have been talking a lot about Enneagram, so I just hear about it all the time. But it's like, you're, you're type nine, right? Eight. You're eight, so you're a disruptor. I'm a challenger. And, and I, I, I've, been, um, I've been thinking a lot about it, even with our own like, team and like, you and I, and like, everyone's rewards um, and motivations are different, right? Yes. Um, so trying to find, I think one of the important things through this whole thing, too, is just learning how to be inspired Let's find what your motivations are, yes. um, because I'm and, certainly. And it all motivated. circles back to Enneagram, right? <laughs> it, it does. It does. It always does, right? Um, everything. Uh, and and I, I think just understanding yourself and being know a yourself. little bit um, know yourself. Yeah, know yourself. Um, uh, understanding. Um, yeah, being reflective of who you are. Like I know for myself, like I have to set goals for myself uh, that have big rewards at the end, like. I'm going to go to Tokyo for two weeks and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to spend money doing this very specific thing. I think you're the same way too. Um, But you get some reward out of being disruptive and being like people telling you you can't do something and giving them the middle finger and being like, hey, you know that thing you said I couldn't do? I just did it and I blew past everybody. Like, you know, like you get a lot of motivation out of that. I like the idea of like everybody's like, And that's another reason why we get along. You can't make really great films in a studio. And I'm like, I love, I want to make such good films that are like that any, that we just make as a team that totally wipe out the notion that it's all some special thing that one person has. I think it's ridiculous. It just, it's like, Oh, okay. Any of the films you've liked, none of them are made by one person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's stupid. They're made better. Things are made by more people. Like, you know, no one is better by themselves. We're all better with others. We're better with, yeah. with buy-in. So just finding what motivates you, I think, is a really, really key thing. And finding where the, like, I think there's a concept of little wins, big wins, mm-hmm. right? The little win is, like, picking a small problem that you can fix right away that's helping you solve a big problem. Because the finding yep. little wins, like, oh, like, if you're just picking up a camera, like, the first time you take an image with Bokeh, Mm-hmm. You're like <gasps> the first time you take a picture of le- a leaf with, <laughs> that's blurred out in the background. <laughs> yeah, you think it's like the best image. You you, you show it to your friends it's and family. Picasso. Yeah. And, and that's great. Yeah, you should do that. I was talking about with my own kid. She draws circles and she does terrible circles. Objectively, they are not yeah. circles. They're these blobs, right? And I'm like, oh, great circle, right? And then she draws faces. You know, and more and more and more, they look like faces, but they're mm-hmm. not good. But it's like those small victories of just like, okay, she drew a shape, a general vicinity of where eyes are, a general vicinity of where a nose is, and something resembling a mouth. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. And I think like you need to have those small victories in your inspiration that will help you stay motivated. But you also need to have, and I think this is what we're really talking about today, the big like she's not going to keep drawing just so she can learn to draw a smiley face. She's enjoying that right now, but if she if she wanted to be a good artist and create beautiful faces, <clears throat> the, 
she would have to be inspired to create beautiful faces. She would have to say, I want to be a great artist. And a lot of people, they go like, I want to learn to draw a face. I want to learn to operate my camera. That's great. Okay, that's a small victory you can do. But if you don't have a goal of like, I want to be in a top 5% in my market. What does that mean? I need to make this much money. I want to get published in these two publications. I want to get this type of bride. I want to work this many weddings. That's something that can force you to innovate and be inspired. But just being good at photos, it's not a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to um, circle back to, because I know you weren't going to ask me, uh, but some, <laughs> some of the things that um, I've been inspired by, and, and I think they're directly, um, lately, um, and I think they're directly correlated with certain problems. Like I, I have two things. I think the first one is um, we're developing a new brand. So doing um, the marketing for that, understanding what our new um, outside of where, so we're doing uh, Huxley films. We're doing, you know, stop, go love. We have another brand that we're developing. That's kind of for lower end kind of weddings. Um, so understanding who that we'll client call them is lower cost. We're not lower, we're not necessarily lower end. Low, yeah, lower lower cost wedding films and, and what different, that looks like. Less work too. Like just to be clear, like yes. we we don't ever want to make something low quality, but yep. I'll make something that takes less time and less yeah. equipment. And, and uh, like, anyway, yeah. And actually, you know what's funny is is when I was talking to to Benj when we were at w, WPPI, we were talking about film cameras, and he was like, you know what? I just think after doing photography for a while. It just, it will become boring because you're just like, I've done the same thing over and over and over again. He's like, the reason why I shoot on a Leica is because I have to put parameters on my craft in order for it to be interesting to me, in order for me to create something that's interesting to other people. And so this lower end product, what we're doing, um, or lower cost product, what we're doing is we're putting parameters on it. And it's like, how can we be creative in this box. And that's been really fun to me because that's yeah, a like lot of what's problems. What's the core? What is the core of what makes a film interesting? Yes. How do we strip it of anything that is not essential to make yep. this the very specific thing that someone wants? And if they want more, great. There, there's more cost and we can provide yep. it. But like, how do we, what's the bait? Like, it's almost like what is the fundamental of a wedding film? The modern yep. wedding film, the modern social media wedding film, targeted at millennial brides, you know, how do we serve that client base? And that's been fun. Yep. That's been challenging because when we started our business, the formula still works, but none of this stuff existed. There was no Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been fun to look at it and go like, how do we make something for everyone that everyone would want that still that we're proud of? We're still working yep. on it. We don't have it, but that's, it's, it's driving us and inspiring some di yep. different ways of thinking. It's almost like you get the to be a different character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, these things are hard, man. They're just, they're just difficult. Um, I, uh, the other thing I was going to mention too is, you know, we have a problem where we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of people that work with us. So a lot of videographers. And so it's, you know, going out and shooting a wedding and keeping it super consistent. It's challenging. That's a huge challenge, but that's kind of been one of our, um, biggest goals is trying to find a way to make it super consistent no matter who goes out, go out, goes out and shoots a wedding. And we basically focused on that exclusively for like three years. Yeah. 
yeah. And so we've really gotten it down so that if you watch one of our films, you can't tell who shot it, um, which is great. But now as we're trying to expand our team, how are we going to grow, you know, twice as big, three times as big, four times as big? Um, so we're faced with a couple challenges now in that just regular one-on-one interaction won't work. Like I can't meet with 20 videographers and teach them one-on-one like I used to with our current staff. Um, and also in the meantime, it's coronavirus. So mm-hmm. I can't actually do a workshop. So Which is what we what would normally do now, during this season. Yeah. So what we're doing now is I'm learning how to put together good curriculums. And if you would have asked me what I would be doing 10 years ago, uh, I wouldn't have said developing curriculums for weddings. I mean, if I would have asked you that in January, what you would be doing in April, you wouldn't have said curriculum. (laughs) Yeah, no, it would be way different, actually. Uh, It would have to do probably with being in Denver and (laughs) traveling a little bit. Oh, my God, yeah. We're not even going to get to do that. Nope, nope. I mean, it's a good thing we didn't put a lot of work into it, but I mean, that's actually one thing that we might be able to do (laughs) through all this. Let's see how this uh, develops. I know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's another challenge. So what we're doing is we're putting those curriculum together for our videographers and that's been fun and that's been challenging and stretching me myself. Um, and, and uh, there's another point that I wanted to make is just like, these things are hard. Like this is like. And and the coronavirus right now, like, what are some ways that you at home listening to the podcast can future proof and and find inspiration enough to future proof your business? Like, because a lot of people are hit hard by this now, but like, you're not. This is like the tip of the iceberg, I think. Like, not to oh, be yeah. like super doom and gloom, but like, this is the tip of the iceberg where people are really going to suffer is over the next. 16 months. months, Like the the problem see a lot of people suffering next year. Unfortunately, that's, that's where it's going to hit. So like in the future, how can you listen to the podcast future proof your business, come up with some creative solutions so that you are solving problems in the future. So that if the coronavirus hit next year again, like where would you be? How would you be able to solve those problems? I, I know what we're doing. Um, to be able to do that. Um, you know, it might not be what you think you want to do right now, but it might be what you have to do. And it might be what you like to do sometime in the future, because you just got over that hump of just that basic learning curve. So just Mm -hmm. challenge yourself, go out and do it. Yeah. Inspiration is all about, um, I think necessity and what is necessary for survival. And I think you you can we can look at it in that that Darwinian of a way, which is what is necessary for you to survive and thrive and let's procreate your business. How do I attract customers? How do I keep from repelling customers? How do I repel the people I want to repel? How do I keep my my house from falling down? Like my 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 proverbial house of my business from falling down. You know, next time it snows, like we're in the middle of a storm right now. And it's like, and then of course there's just the fun stuff, right? Okay, I'm bored. That could be a challenge you have right now. You're just bored with your business. What can you do? Like, let those things be positives and not negatives. That's all I'm saying right now is like, for your mm-hmm. inspiration, I, I would just start there. What is right now frustrating me 
about my business? What am I bad at about my business and my art? And then where are the potential solutions and what limitations am I creating for myself and my own brain that I can just change my thinking, approach the problem in a different way? So to close out, like, um, what would you say to somebody who feels stuck? Ah, uh, man. Maybe we already say, said it, by the way. I would say listen to the Wedding Pros podcast every mm, Tuesday. Good one. Tune in. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we did say it a lot. Is just find challenges. Find the thing that's frustrating you the most right now. Or, or, or if you're one of those creatives that's having a hard time and you're kind of going down that path of like just being depressed over all of this, find out why you're being depressed and find a way to solve that freaking problem. Like, don't curl up in a you know in your shell or in your cave and just get depressed over it. Because once you start finding some solutions, and it might take some time. Like, I, okay, I just wrestled with this. Like, now I'm gonna you know hibernate for a second, just kind of like refresh myself, and then come back at this challenge again. Once you start getting over that peak of like, okay, this might be an option. Okay, this mm-hmm. is an option. I, I would say also um, with finding out what, you know, uh, some ways to overcome hard situations and overcome creative problems. Um, have conversations with people that you trust. If you don't have someone that you trust, go on, like you have freaking Facebook, you have Instagram, find the people that you trust and have good conversation, like community guys. Like this is the whole point of like wedding pros of how to film weddings of all of these groups is like find people. Don't just comment. DM people, have relationship with people, go out and find people that you can be like, I'm thinking about this idea. What do you think? I trust your opinion. Go out and do that. Put yourself on a limb, go out and find those relationships. That's what I would say. And I would say never give up. Yeah. Don't quit. Never give up. Keep pursuing a problem until a solution comes up. Um, When you give up, that's when you arrive at, you know, that's when it's over. It's not over until you give up. Yep. You know, and it's like innovation comes from people who never quit. You always hear about Ed- Edison making like something like 600 versions of the light bulb before he found one that actually was stable and worked. And it's like, I don't know how many iterations you're going to have to make of your business, of your product, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know, your coronavirus business plan. But like, don't quit. Um, at the core of it, like there is a solution out there for almost every problem. You're creative and, and like you can do it, um, but um, don't limit yourself to your current knowledge base or your current understanding of a problem, your current perspective. Don't give up. Keep moving around that um, problem until you get the right vantage point where you can see because there is a weak spot for every problem. And you, I, I would say don't give up. Believe that you can solve it and believe that you just haven't worked hard enough yet. And I do believe that. So. Hey, cool. that's it. So thanks for tuning into the Wedding Pros podcast this week, guys. Hopefully that was as beneficial for you as it was for us just talking through, staying inspired uh, through hard times. Uh, Make sure that you are subscribing. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you're giving us a thumbs up, comment, ask us your questions, talk about some things that are inspiring you. What are you currently doing through this pandemic? Are you sitting on your ass at home doing absolutely nothing? If so, tell us. 
Also, let us know what your Call of Duty <laughs> Activision account number is so we can do nothing together and waste this time. Uh, but then also balance it with making money and running a successful wedding business. If you're listening to this via podcast, uh, make sure you're giving, giving us a five-star review, guys. It helps us out just a ton. It goes a super long way. I can't even express to you how much we appreciate it when people give us good feedback. Uh, so make sure you're checking it out there as well. Until next week, guys, thank you for checking out the Wedding Pros Podcast, and we will see you then.